Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available in both the public and private sector. And we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world. We'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home. This is Military Mom Talk Radio and here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Robin Boyd and we've got a jam-packed show today, Rob. Jam-packed. I love it. I love it when things are busy. Do you? I'm like Dr. <laughs> Sasha Carr is talking about sleep. I'm like, I don't know if I can stay awake during the show. <laughs> did, did your Do your kids have trouble sleeping? Um, you know, sometimes they do. They didn't when I was little. Uh, they just, um, they were pretty good sleepers. But then again, you know, I remember the time when my mom was here, when Zachy, my younger one, and I said, oh, mom, wasn't that great? He slept through the night and she looked mm. at me over her coffee going like, are you kidding me? I was up <laughs> twice with him. Um, so <laughs> I guess I can't be reliable on yeah. that one. But I do have trouble keeping them out of my bed. You know, we live Mm. in a great big house and the bedrooms are very far away. I mean, a big house and Mm. they are really far away, especially my 11 year old is clear on the other side of the house. And um, they wander in about two or five and I'm usually too tired to kick them out. So I'm I'm Mm. curious to talk to her about the older kids, like how to kick them out without, you know, a fight at two o'clock in the morning. Exactly. I never had too much trouble. Of course, we never had a large house. So I could hear them, um, you know, just across the hall. But we, when they were very little, I mean, infants, there were times that we would have children in in our room. But it it was a very short phase, and they never seemed to um, linger too long. So we were we were pretty lucky. That's good. That's good. I think it ha- the house size makes a difference. Like last night we had a terrific windstorm and, mm-hmm. you know, my one guy woke up at like three in the morning and he's like, mom, mom. And then he like came in and woke me up and he's like, he's like, mom, didn't you hear me yelling for you? And I'm like, no, because the wind was really loud and I was sound asleep. And, <laughs> and so I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. When you have a big house, it, it is hard other than getting um, intercoms all over the place and just connecting that way. And then you hear every dream and every snore <laughs> and yeah. you hear all of, all of that too because that was hard when I, even when I had my mother, uh, when I was caring for my mother. She, we had a doorbell between us and when she needed me, she would ring for me but not having the intercom because I would hear every noise otherwise and, and I would wake up very readily. So, um, well, that's like with the baby monitor, my sister bought me this baby monitor for the kids that had a video component and I was driving myself 
insane because I'm like watching him sleep and I'm like, is he going to choke on the blanket? And then I finally decided, you know what? He's going in the crib. There's nothing in there. There's nothing I can do about SIDS. I have to go to sleep, you know, and I shut the whole darn thing off. And, you know, now we use it to, I put it out so I can see the play yard where I am when I'm working so I can watch him. But, you know, I'm like, this is insane. Yeah, yeah. It you do get yourself a little crazed over it. What about do do you get excited like around holidays and birthdays? Because I'm kind of leading into a birthday, if you know what I mean. <laughs> do oh you yes, birthdays. We have a five year old uh, birthday today. <laughs> Very exciting, and I think we have her on the line. Is Marcella Stretch there? Do we have Marcella? Yes. How are you doing today? Welcome, welcome, and happy birthday. I hear you're five. Yes, we are. Pause is five years old as of September the 26th. That's fantastic, Marcella. We just Marcella. celebrated the fifth birthday. <laughs> Congratulations. And this is the Parents of Deployed Service Members Facebook group that we have uh, been very pleased to have been associated with. And we are just so proud of all the work you do, Marcella. Um, you have grown in five years. Tell us where you started and where you are now. Uh, we started with five or six members back in September of 2009, and when that happened, I was talking to the other members, and we were talking about how many people do we think came through pods, and if I had to estimate how many people joined and left and joined and left, it would be like over 3,000 people altogether. Mm. Mm. So I would say we serviced over 3,000 parents. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah, well, and that's you know, Marcel. I want you to tell everybody the type of things that Pods supports because we're not going to be happy till you get to you know five thousand members. I don't know how big your group can get, but you know it's showing no sign of slowing down. And the one thing I got to tell you for anybody who wants to join Pods, um, it's so great because you can put a post up and a hundred people can like it and. 20 people can comment on it. It's a really active group, so you feel super part of something. I just wanted to say that, Marcella. You're so correct. You're very correct. Thank you. That was a good introduction. Um, Pods, we actually support the parents as well as the troops. We do birthday cards. We do care packages. We're online 24 hours a day. Anytime somebody has a question on how do they go about getting a passport or how do they send a certain type of package, you know, how to fill out the custom forms, we're there for everything. And we're there for when you can't sleep at night. And sometimes we, different parents, will do a roll call at 3 o'clock in the morning just to see who's woke, you know, and needs that support (laughs) in the middle of the night. So I love roll calls. I don't like being woke at 3 o'clock in the morning, but when I'm woke, I'll do a roll call. That's wonderful. And I think, isn't it the mm-hmm. truth? Because that's the time that you really do need a friend. And um, sometimes it's just a matter of, gee, I I need to know if uh, somebody else can't sleep or I've got this on my mind and I just have to share it. Um, tell us a little bit. I know that we've talked before about your, your battle parents. And I just love the concept uh, of you partnering parents um, together. And tell us how you manage those. Uh, what, what we do is we have little chats for different um, 
state locations or military bases. And what we do is we try to partner parents up based on if you have a son and someone else has a son at Fort Bragg or Fort Carson or or Pendleton, or no matter what military installation it is, we try to partner parents who have sons or daughters at that same location so that they can become friends. And a lot of them have actually met in person. I mean, I just saw a message, I think, last week where two parents met up at a military base. I think it was Fort Carson. And they met up, took pictures, and posted it and showed us the pictures, you know, which was very neat. That is wonderful. And a lot of people have became lifelong friends from being a battle parent with someone. Well, and rightly so, because you are going through while the, while your son, daughter, husband, or whomever is uh, deployed, you're going through a life changing journey just as that person is because the parents and the families back home are living that service member's service just in the in in a parallel way and i think having the friendship that you develop that only another parent can understand of of a deployed person um that's a very unique bond and i think once once you've got that bond, it's going to stay with you for a very, very long time. Yes, because I'm still friends with some parents that I met in 2007 from my son's basic training. Oh, and we're wow. still in contact. <laughs> That's so you so do special. develop that bond and you keep it. Which is a good thing. But another thing we got coming up, um, the holidays are fast approaching us, so we got Thanksgiving right around the corner. So our next project is uh, give thanks to a deployed troop. Oh, now are you looking for people to send cards, or are you? How are you um, launching that initiative? We started this in 2010, so this will be coming up on our fourth year doing this. And what it is is we send care packages to deployed troops as our as our way of saying giving thanks. You know, of the Thanksgiving, keeping the Thanksgiving theme in mind that they're not home for the holiday or they will not be home for Thanksgiving. So we want to give our thanks to them by sending mm. them care packages. Mm. Mm. That's really special. And then around the holidays, I'm sure you do, uh, Christmas, I mean, or, or Hanukkah, you do something else as well. We try to skip Christmas because we know that all the other organizations um, send, you know, boatloads of packages for Christmas. And they okay. said they receive, a lot of troops say they receive too much around Christmas. So we try to skip Christmas and we get ahead of everybody by doing Thanksgiving. That's really nice, yeah. Now, we've only got about two minutes. I want to make sure everyone knows how to find you, Marcella. What does a parent do if they'd like to become a part of PODS? All they have to do is go on Facebook and do a search and search for Parents of Deployed Service Members, and we're the only group with that name that will come up. And they will be able to um, request to join, and then I will ask a few questions, and then they'll be in the group. That's fantastic. And I guess we would love to have some more members, too. Oh, and one of the things that is so special about pods is because it is a closed group um although there is there you people do need to be mindful of the things that they even do post in a closed group as far as um security and whatnot it's at least knowing that it is a closed group no you are 
able to discuss and, and reach out with certain questions that you might not in a public group. So we appreciate That's that. Correct. That's well, I wonderful. Thank you all having us on today. Well, happy birthday and congratulations, Marcella. I know you were just recently um, recognized uh, for an award, and I I can only imagine how many people feel as I as Sandra and I do um, that the work that you've done and inspiring all of us to reach out and network with one another. Um, this is this is tremendous. So thank you and congratulations. Thank you. And have a great day. Take care. On the other side of the break, we're going to meet Dr. Sasha Carr. She is a licensed psychologist, certified child sleep coach, and a real-life mom dedicated to helping families get healthier sleep. We all could use some help in that department, and we can't wait to meet Dr. Sasha Carr. Be back in a moment. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. This is God in Country. The Collision of Faith and Politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Dr. Sean holds a bachelor's degree in biblical counseling and master's and doctorate degrees in theology and is currently pursuing a doctorate in ministry with a Hebrew worldview focus. Through his counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, This ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. Join host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on this radio network. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And for those of you that were listening to the first segment and didn't catch it, Marcella Stretches Group is parents of deployed service members. I'm a member, an active member, Rob, and I get a lot of, I have a lot of fun on there. They're just a really great group of people. I do too. It's a, and as you say, it's amazing. The minute you put one comment up or reach out for assistance or need something, boom, it is just amazing how many people are right there um, to support you. So a uh, great group. 
It is a great group. So we're going to support you guys today with your kids and healthy sleep that makes happy families. Uh, Dr. Sasha Carr is going to join us today. And it's so funny, Rob, you know, with these time zones, with everybody in different time zones, I mess mm. things up all the time. And of course, you know, we, we pulled Dr. Carr uh, out from whatever she was doing. <laughs> and it would be really funny if we had woken her up. I just think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Um, so, uh, without further ado, I'd like to bring on to the show today, uh, Dr. Carver. She's a lot of fun. She's a great lady, and she's going to bring some great sleep tips uh, to us who don't sleep. I, I think no military parent sleeps. Do you, Rob? <laughs> I think you're you're very right. Hello, Dr. Carr. Welcome. Thank you. It's so nice to be on here, and I wish that I could be sleeping around 3 p.m. here on the East Coast, but... <laughs> It usually doesn't work out so well. It, it, it is a time when um, we adults often feel like we would like to have a little nap um, because Siesta partially because uh, the cortisol levels in our body go down at around 2 p.m. But no, I was wide awake and I'm very happy to be here with you both. <laughs> Well, sorry about the time thing. Robin will tell you, I'm notorious. This is Sandra. I get people's ranks wrong. I've busted people down, I don't know, 15 ranks. I get their names wrong. I get the times wrong. But my heart's in the right place. And I'm, the Definitely. reason is, is I'm sleep deprived. I truly I truly believe that, Dr. Carr. Um, and I just wanted to ask you, um, but, you know, before we get into all the kids stuff, I try to do these meditations. I try to sit down and rest for a minute, and I just pass out. Is that typical of parents with young kids? Yes. I mean, if, if you are basically passing out when your head hits the pillow, then that oh, means yeah. that you're generally sleep-deprived. Um, and, you know, I mean, the solution is to try to get more sleep. As a parent of young kids, that's not always possible, especially when they're not sleeping well. So I do, I do run into this funny problem where I will help usually moms get their children's sleep back on track. And then for a while, they will still have difficulty sleeping themselves. Um, but usually after a little bit of time, you know, like with everything, we adults usually adjust uh, more slowly to change than children do. They're really a lot more resilient than we are. But usually with some time and changing habits, you know, we adults can sleep better too. But honestly, we're a lot more complicated when it comes to sleep than young children. <laughs> so it's, it can be a different ball of wax just trying to figure out what exactly is going on with us adults when we're not sleeping. We can get ourselves into a lot more trouble than kids can. So let me ask you, Doc, um, I just have a couple questions before we get into the meat of our conversation, because I don't know if I told you this is kind of my on-air self-help hour <laughs> when it comes okay. to therapists and counselors coming on. Um, my kids sure. are 8 and 11, and I know they're a little older, and they're going through some significant – one of my kids was a victim of a crime, and he's got – he's got a lot of trauma associated with that. He's 11, and my 8-year-old, and when we have to go to court and when things are happening, happening. They wake up at two o'clock in the morning, they walk into my room and, you know, I'm so tired and I have a king size bed and I'm single. So they just like lay in there with me and I'm too tired to kick them out. Now it's not every night. It's not, but it is periods of high stress. Should I be mm -hmm. kicking them out or just rolling over and, and go with it? Cause I know it'll pass. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really about the consequences and how regular something is. 
So you're, you're describing kind of an unusual situation where your kids are under a lot of stress under specific periods of time and they're coming to you um, for comfort. So it is more of a gray area. I mean, I wouldn't just say automatically to kick them out. And it's hard to do that in the middle of the night when you're tired as well. Um, I would, whether or not you, you know, however you decide to handle them coming in in the middle of the night, I would encourage you to, if you're not already, which you might be, you know, just helping them at that age, kids are really good at developing some good coping skills. And um, actually for that age, one uh, series of CDs that I really like to recommend, I don't have any relationship with them, but it's called Stress-Free Kids. I can't remember who actually, who makes them. They were actually created by a mom and um, they've got really good meditations that are told in the form of stories for kids, kind of more school age kids. And when I have worked with clients, especially who experience some kind of a trauma or are under a lot of stress, they've found those to be helpful um, because they're not, you know, they're geared specifically for kids and not for adults. And they don't talk down to the kids, but um, what I like is that they use stories, which most kids can relate to, to mm-hmm. teach them actual skills like deep breathing and different meditation skills um, in an age-appropriate way. Okay, so I found it online. It's stressfreekids.com. It's yes. bedtime stories with research-based relaxation techniques. They've got some for parents, some for kids. Totally got digging it. this. Thank you so much because I sure, know... Yes. Yes, I love um, them. I love. I, I've sent them to my clients at different times, and you know they're also on Amazon. They're pretty easy to find. Yeah, because I can see these being really helpful. You know, when when uh, parents go off on deployment, there's a lot of worry and stress for the kids. They might see something on the news, you know, and their their father mm-hmm. or mother is over there, you know, in in harm's way, or they just had another PCS move where they've got to move and go to a different school. I can see something like this being really, really effective for kids. Absolutely. And it can become a nice bedtime activity, too, to play one of the exercises on the CDs. And, you know, mom and the kids can do it together, which is really nice. It's a nice uh, it's a nice alternative to looking at screens before bed, which is a big, big no-no mm-hmm. in terms of sleep. That look at what? What did you say? Was it Sorry, a big no-no? I said screens, screens. You know, for for school-age kids and for adults and teenagers, one of the biggest issues with sleep right now is looking at screens um, because of the kind of light. Oh, screens, like TV screens, like like an iPod or a a computer. Yes, sorry, screens. I thought you said dreams, like you're analyzing (laughs) dreams. I'm like, who analyzes a dream before they go to bed? But like a TV screen or a monitor. You got it, yes, or a smartphone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the blue light from screens actually um, inhibits melatonin, which is our sleep hormone. So the light that comes from your computer or your smartphone or your iPad is like if you pictured morning light on steroids, that mm. would be it. it. It's designed to wake us up. And it's actually a really great tool if you kind of need to reset your body clock and be more awake in the morning when you should be awake. It can be good for you to look at screens, but in the hour or so before bedtime, it's the worst thing that you can do. So I'm always uh, suggesting to my clients alternate activities before bedtime 
rather than, you know, kind of trying to quote unquote wind down by watching a TV show or reading on a, you know, on an iPad or, or anything that's, that's emitting that light. Um, old school, you know, like the Kindle and different things that are the older ones that you would need to actually have a lamp to read, those are totally fine. But I really liked for families to, you know, like play a game, do puzzles. With young kids, I suggest getting a basket together that's actually just special stuff that's the hour before bed that they only get to use then that are cool things that they like, but that are more wind-down activities. That basket gets put away for the rest of the day. It only comes out the hour before sleep um, and, you know, can be attractive, and it keeps them from looking at screens. And then, like we were just talking about, something like one of these CD exercises is a great thing to do because it does wind you down and it doesn't interfere with the sleep process. It'll actually help. That's so interesting, too. And one of your recent blogs was talking about um, the change of the time uh, daylight from daylight savings time uh, to standard time. Um, and I'm sure that that does help when you're trying to recondition to a different um, time of day, getting your sleep an hour earlier, an hour later. Yes, yes. You can start resetting that clock by focusing on the morning and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, how and basically using screens at that time and then avoiding them at night. Yeah, and we can play all kinds of tricks, like with the lights in the house and the, and the curtains. Um, but, yeah, really, we're, we're creatures, you know, who were designed to respond to light. And we're designed to be awake when we're exposed to light and sleeping when it's dark generally. Um, we all evolved until very recently. We all lived very close to the equator where it's dark for 12 hours and, you know, light for about 12 hours. And um, that's one reason why babies and young children, you know, generally do best when they sleep about 12 hours at night, I mm. think, because they're just very much more in that natural state. And not to go on too far a tangent, but it turns out that, you know, for us adults, if you put us in a bunker where we're not <laughs> exposed to any light um, at all from the outside, we start doing this funky thing where we like fall asleep around when it would be getting dark if we were on a 12 hour, you know, pattern, like we were living on the equator. We sleep for several hours and then we're up for a couple of hours doing like very relaxed activities. And then we fall asleep again and we wake up when it would be light Hmm. um, on the equator. But anyway, that's, I mean, that's, that's something interesting that, that we adults do, but for babies and really young children, they're kind of meant to just sleep all the way through. Yeah. So, um, it's one reason why I actually recommend blackout shades, um, for very young children and babies. Uh, and some parents feel like that's not, you know, so natural, but I explained to them, you know, that we evolved to be around when it's dark for 12 hours and we're also exposing ourselves to light to artificial light all the time at home anytime you turn on a lamp that's it you know it's a good way to counterbalance it um and so you're not creating any kind of bad habit by putting in blackout shades and you know not necessarily having your kids wake up like up where i am in the summer (laughs) at the height of summer it can get late at 45 a.m 
That's right. And- Dr. Carr, we have a commercial break that we're, we're okay. heading right into. We're going to uh, hang on to you until the other side of the break. This is Dr. Sasha Carr that we're talking to, and she is a licensed psychologist and a sleep coach that is going to help us with a lot more information about helping our young ones and us adults get some more sleep. Be back in a moment. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Have you ever wondered if you're normal? Or why you feel distant from your partner? Then join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget on TogiNet Wednesday nights, 9, 8 central. Do you want to recreate a truly connected relationship or wonder, how do I tell my kids about things? Join Lou Paget, one of the world's best-selling authors in the field of sexuality, a certified sex educator and sought-after expert for all media and her renowned expert guests as they discuss anything and everything about sex that impacts our lives and our families' lives. For more on Lou, check out her website, loupaget.com. This is the show where the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health can finally give you the answer to that question. Join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget, Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and our guest today is Dr. Sasha Carr, and i got to tell you, we're halfway through the program, Rob, and I already feel like I've got such intrinsic value from Dr. Carr. One of the things that she mentioned, you know, was this, you know, kids meditation, kids sleep thing, so Mm -hmm. I decided during the break I'd go on Amazon, and um, I found all these cool 99-cent, like, bedtime meditations, a turtle meditation, campfire friends, and I've downloaded three of them because that's what I do. Um, but for three bucks, I found a really cool angel bedtime meditation, one for campfire friends, and then a little one that was this hot air balloons trip. You know, and I listened to it, and I'm like, this is so great. And, and um, you know, I'm going to start using it tonight. So those of you that are having trouble, especially if you've got kids who are under stress or some of the stressors that we talked about that are making sleepy time difficult, I was listening to the angel bedtime meditation during the break I almost didn't come back (laughs) (laughs) well I'm sure that there's an awful lot of patterning uh, Dr. Carr and uh, there's um, certainly starting from the very beginning um, there must be some environmental things that we can do I I was curious um, 
to know if, in fact, when you are pregnant, if your environment has any impact on how well your child will sleep once they're born. I know I had um, my first child uh, was a sleeper, uh, a very good sleeper, and my second child um, slept through everything, slept through Star Wars, slept through (laughs) Power Ninja Turtles or whatever they were called. I mean, she slept through everything when she was an infant. Um, Does that have an impact when you're carrying your child? So I I will tell you, I I don't know of any evidence that says anything about, um, about, you know, what happens uh, when we're carrying our babies um, and uh, how they respond to sleep afterwards. It's funny in the example that you give, I often hear, um, you know, parents will tell me that the first baby was a lot more difficult to sleeper than the second or the third and, and going on from there. And I think a lot of the time it's because, um, we're not, we're actually like leaving them alone a little more yes. <laughs> when, when it's the second baby, you know, um, we tend to not, uh, stress so much when we have a second child. And, um, I think part of it is that they become better sleepers because they, you know, are, like they don't have somebody worrying over them as a baby. Um, oh, I'm just going to say it, Dr. Carr. It's because we're not idiots. The first baby, <laughs> we're just idiots. We don't know what to do. I used to pinch my kid's nose in the middle of the night to make sure he was breathing because he'd go, <gasps> you know, the second one, I'm just, I walk by, I don't hear anything. He's fine. The third one, I'll just forget it. You know, we'll see in the morning. It's, it's our own problems that I think make these sleep problems in a lot of respects. Um, you can't say I, that because you're the professional, but I can't because I'm just the host. Well, no, but I, but I will say I, I think a lot of our problems with our children's sleep does come from us kind of projecting our own experiences and our beliefs onto our babies and kids. Um, and that that can go run the gamut from actually having postpartum anxiety, which is a real and very difficult thing for a lot of moms. That's been shown to affect baby sleep partially because moms are going in and checking on them so much and, you know, kind of interfering with their sleep. But that can be something as simple as, you know, for, for, from what we know, babies really are not born with a fear of the dark. But I can't tell you how many parents who I work with worry that their young baby is afraid of the dark and they don't want to leave them alone. Um, you know, we're, again, we're, we're built to sleep in the dark. We develop a fear of the dark later, you know, when we start having an imagination and worrying about what might be in the dark, but it's not something we're naturally born with. But I think as adults, it's hard for us to step back and realize that they're not experiencing or thinking or feeling all the same things that we are. Mm-hmm. So. Both of my kids had amazing imaginations and they would wake up and have to tell me about their dreams. So... <laughs> Right. That oh, well, was I mean, always yeah, fun, yeah. but I, I have yeah, to say they were wonderful never imagination. frightened. Yeah. Mm. Sorry. As a sleep coach, when do you find people are coming to you? I mean, if if they are having toddlers that maybe aren't sleeping, is it that they themselves need to get more sleep? So they're wishing that they're they're two-month-old it would sleep through the night or are, are you really finding it when toddlers are starting to have some uh, more developed thought patterns so yeah I definitely see spikes in terms of ages 
And the first one is at four months. That's actually the youngest that I really work with because it's the, mm-hmm. it's the earliest that you can really learn new habits at four months. So a baby under four months can't self-soothe, and I don't expect them to know how to self-soothe. At four months, that's when they can actually learn to become more independent sleepers. It's also the time when they can start getting into trouble because they can learn associations that are unhelpful for sleep. So between four and six months is when I see a lot of parents coming to me for help because they're feeling like, okay, they're not a newborn anymore but they're still waking up every couple of hours, like what's going on. Or they're even waking up more than they did when they were, say, eight weeks old because they've developed some of these associations that have become a problem. And then, like you were saying, two to three years old, I start to, again, see a lot of people, often when they've transitioned from a crib to a bed, sometimes they've transitioned a little bit early from a crib to a bed, And they're dealing with a child who's, you know, coming out of their room and coming out of bed multiple times during the night or taking two hours to fall asleep at night or coming out, you know, at 4.30 in the morning and being up for the day. So um, those are my, my peak times when I tend to work with parents. And of course, it's a very different way that they, we approach it, a young baby versus, you know, a toddler who's talking and you can communicate with. Um, but a lot of the actual basic learning principles are the same underneath it all, which is, you know, learning how to fall asleep on your own and be okay with naturally waking up during the night, which we all do. Mm-hmm. And if everything is okay and we're used to falling asleep on our own, then normally we just fall back asleep on our own without really thinking about it. But if something has interfered with that process and you're not used to falling asleep on your own, it's very difficult when you wake up during the middle of the night to fall back to sleep. So I always focus with parents first on bedtime. And when we start to see improvements with bedtime, that's when those problems, you know, through the rest of the night start to get better. I have to say I was very lucky. Um, my kids, I would lay in bed and I would hear my son. He would wake up um, and he would babble. And I wouldn't go in until I knew if it wasn't, if it was too early. I wouldn't go in yet because uh, if he was content, I would just leave him in there and babble. It would still wake me, but yet I would at least be able to just kind of rest a little bit. And of course, it's very different for working parents. If they really have to be on a schedule, they've got to get the kids up or they've got to get the kids to bed a lot more um, regular in a more regulated manner um, than if it's okay to just take a nap in the afternoon. Right. Yes. I mean, I, I feel like one of the best gifts that I give the babies and children who I work with is that I give them better rested parents, better rested parents are just, you know, Generally, I mean, I say this as a parent myself, we're better parents. We're better able to engage with our children and, and have fun with them and be able to listen to them and, you know, have energy for them and all of the attention that they need when we're with them during waking hours. So for me, if you make an investment in sleep during the night and help everybody sleep better, then the daytime is so much better when you're together. 
Well, and I will, I'm going to buzz in here as the single mom in the group. And my kids have to go to bed at 8.30. Like, they have to be there, 8 and 11. And I don't care. And I, I turn into the biggest uh, monster because if I don't get to bed by 9.30, you know, it's like it takes me an hour to close down the house, like everything, you know, before we go to bed. If they're not in bed asleep, I can't do what I do. And then I can't get up and get to work. And my one son has to be to school at 7.20. The other one has to be at 8.15. Our days are screwed. Like, and I don't care if you're a single mom, a working mom, if you don't get your kids into bed. And I do the same thing that you said, Doc, about, you know, no screens. I say no monitors, you know, like no monitors. Like you're done. It's cut off at seven o'clock. You're in the shower. You can read, you can walk around, you can play a game, you can do whatever. But no matter what it is, you're in bed at 830. And I will tell you, when you stick your kid in to bed at 830, he is going to whine and jaw and yap at you. (laughs) You close the door and you say, I need to get to sleep. I need to go to bed. I'm sorry that you're upset that you have to lay in here, but you just have to do this. And then I I have this thing where I go and I shut myself in the bathroom and they know not to leave their rooms. And I will tell you, Doc, within five minutes of no stimulation, no noise, no light, they're done. Right. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, it's basically children's job to test limits. I mean, that's, you know, it's their job to do that. So, you know, we never take that personally. Like, of course, if given the choice, they're going to stay up later and all these other things. But just like with so many other other parts of life, we know what's better for them and we know better than they do. So when we're clear and firm with the limits and we show them, okay, this is where the limit is, they eventually respond. They'll initially complain, but... They get it as long as we're consistent and clear, um, which can be hard to do, especially when we're tired. But I always tell parents, if you invest in a little time before bedtime and you're able to spend time and focus on your kids and not be too distracted or stressed or rushed yourself. And we're really just talking about, you know, maybe 20 minutes of time where you spend that time together that that eases a lot of the tension about saying goodnight. But still, we, it's good to just be, like you're saying, very matter-of-fact. And, you know, you don't have to get angry, but you don't have to be sorry either. It's just kind of the way things are. I sometimes talk to parents, especially with really young kids, I say, so, you know, when your baby or your toddler is in a car seat and you're hurtling down the highway and they're really, really upset about being in the car seat and they want to come out and they're crying, Do you say, oh, my gosh, she's so upset, I'm going to take her out of the car seat? I'm going to unstrap her right now? No, because you know that that's the best place for her to be then. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't need to understand that in order for it to still be the right decision. And it's kind of the same thing when it comes to sleep. Right, because I'll kill them if they don't go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Right, it's much better for them to be alive. Another thing that she can't say on the air, Sandra, (laughs) we want to make sure everyone finds Dr. Carr. Uh, Her website is offtodreamland.com, and we encourage you to visit Dr. Sasha Carr there at her website, as well as to sign up for her seven sleep tips for parents. If you uh, sign up and uh, leave your email address, you will be able to receive Dr. Carr's sleep tips. Thank you so much, Dr. Dr. Carr, for being with us. We sure do appreciate your time. Thank you. It was wonderful to talk to you both. (laughs) Be back in a moment. We'll have an update from Debbie Gregory. 
Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. kids do you think you're creative do you want to be don't have enough time for your arts crafts and hobbies or do you just need a kick in the pants hi i'm mark lipinski the host of creative mojo with mark lipinski right here on toginet radio come on and join me every wednesday afternoon for some creative inspiration and two of the fastest fun-filled hours of your week hey need ideas how about a little motivation and a lot of inspiration Join the fun on Creative Mojo with me, Mark Lipinski. I'm here live every Wednesday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific, right here on toginet.com. Now what are you waiting for? Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we were visiting with Dr. Sasha Carr. If you want to learn more about her or see some of her cool tips and blog, it's off to dreamland.com. And now we're going to welcome Debbie Gregory. Debbie Gregory is a regular on our show. She's a regular contributor because she's really got her finger on the pulse of two very important aspects of military. She owns uh, the website militaryconnection.com. Check it out. She also owns Bamboa, which is veteran and business owner. So you want to check that out, V-A-M-B-O-A.com. Debbie, welcome back to the show. What do you have for us this week? Well, hi. Happy hi. October, if you can believe this, this close to the holidays. <laughs> so fast. We woke up to 31 degrees this morning in New Hampshire, just to put that out there. Oh, well, it's, unfortunately, <laughs> we're going through a drought, and it's in the 90s here. So we would love cold weather. <laughs> it would be a nice welcome change, um, especially now. We're, I'm ready for sweats and a fireplace. Me too. Well, but, we'll um, do what we can to send some over there. So you've been very busy, as always. You always are busy. I am busy, and we've had a lot going on. I just wanted to share with you that Military Connection just hit 200,000 followers on Twitter. And Bamboa, Veteran and Military Business Owners Association, has another 137,000 followers on Twitter. So our combined reach is pretty good. And we're approaching 100,000 uh, followers on Facebook and fans likes on Facebook. Wow. And that's in addition to our database of over 300,000 emails. So we're really good at getting out the word on many, many things, whether it's, you know, a company that wants to hire veterans, whether it's a school that wants to educate them. Uh, whether it's a nonprofit that has an important, you know, message they want to get out in the community. Um, I just, you were asking me what I did. I, I had two events uh, kind of um, in the last month at Camp Pendleton that were wonderful. Um, I work very closely with TAPS, Tragedy Assistance for Survivors, 
and they had a reunion for 100 Families of the Fallen on Del Mar Beach at Camp Pendleton. And it was wonderful. I talked to some friends at Southwest Airlines and Vietnam Vets, and they put on a wonderful picnic, both lunch and dinner, for the families. And there was a flag the size of a football field, and everybody joined hands and held up this flag. Um, I should send you some pictures of it. It was just very moving. Anytime you're with, you know, Families of the Fallen, it's it's moving. And uh, CHAPS, Tragedy Assistance for Survivors, which is Mm -hmm. uh, founded by Bonnie Carroll, is just an incredible organization. We've worked with them since 2006. And then uh, this weekend, I went to Camp Pendleton's 72nd anniversary. And uh, this Marine base is probably one of the premier training facilities for our military. And uh, it's a huge facility. It's probably uh, the infrastructure is, you know, similar. You know, it's bigger than the city of Oceanside and other cities in population and acreage and everything. And they, you know, have a new naval hospital on base. And uh, there's just a lot going on. It was a very, very nice event. That's phenomenal. 72 years. Right. They... um, uh, 72 years young, and that base, you know, they have amphibious uh, training. They've got, you know, training for if you're, you know, fighting in the Middle East. Uh, they've got, they even have a buffalo herd on the base, believe it or not, their own mm. buffalo herd. But, um, and that base is, you know, prime California real estate. It's right on the ocean. And then I want to mention one other thing because it's, Mm-hmm. Delivering the American Dream. Um, we're working with CalVet, Habitat for Humanity, and uh, fam- um, and uh, uh, neighborhood families. And basically, they have a model that they've been building homes for veterans, affordable homes. These are brand new homes, and they provide support services rather than just giving somebody a house and having them do sweat labor in order to be successful. Sometimes people have to learn about finances and, you know, other things, other courses, and they provide ongoing services. And um, now this is, we've built about a hundred homes and the first homes went to the first 15 veterans. The other ones are in different stages, mm-hmm. but what's going on now is that um, other areas are replicating all over California. So at the end of the day, um, the model is, you know, the land is donated, so it makes it affordable. But veterans earning, and this can be disability income, caregiver income, you know, various income, 53000 to 83000 a year can qualify to buy a home with nothing down. And the house payment, you know, is affordable and it includes taxes, insurance, HOA, I think utilities. It's a really great deal and they're brand new homes. You know, and if the, the veterans disabled, they are handicapped ac- access and um, they're just, um, you know, in communities with other veterans, which makes them even more special. And we're so this glad to have been a part of that. Mm. We originally brokered the partnership between CalVet and this particular habitat several years ago. And um, they've run with that ball and just created a wonderful, wonderful, you know, delivering the American dream to those that serve, which is, you know, they should be front in line and getting it. 
and you know, we're not just talking about veterans. It could be families of the fallen. It could be you know military spouses. It could be any you know any number and veterans from different eras too. Debbie, how do people find out about this program who are interested? Well, if you go to our website, militaryconnection.com, the top banner features it. And it's talking about the homes in Santa Clarita. But if you want to send me an email at info at militaryconnection.com, there are new communities starting to build or groundbreaking or getting their approvals as we speak all over the state. And, um, you know, if you're interested in a certain area or maybe it's somebody that wants to partner and has some land or something that would be appropriate, um, contact us and we'll be happy to, you know, help any way we can. I think there's going to be um, a community in Palmdale, too, by the way, because they're meeting, the city has donated the land. And that community, what is wonderful, it's going to be a green community. Everything is eco-friendly. And uh, some of the building materials they're using, because I, I also serve on the interagency council for housing in addition to employment, are not only eco-friendly, but they're going to reduce the cost of building by 30%. Wow. So it's a win-win for everybody, for veterans, now, for the state, the communities, across the board. Would companies or individuals who want to support this initiative contact you at um, the same email address? Yes, info at militaryconnection.com. And um, if, if you've got land or you want to, you know, help with building it or you're interested in getting a home, um, you know, we'll uh, put you in touch with the right people. Mm-hmm. And... Um, this is through a partnership with the California Department of Veteran Affairs. So, it, you know, it's California. Uh, it's, it's, it's for California, but if other states want to emulate it, it certainly is a model that can be replicated. And that in and of itself is a gift um, just to be able to have this model so that other states can do the same thing because there is an awful lot. I, I, although Habitat for Humanity, I think, is nationwide. Um, the, it, it's oh, let me clarify. I, I don't yeah. mean to interrupt you, but um, the Habitats for Humanity, they're wonderful organizations, but they're kind of almost like franchises. And we are, you know, some of them uh-huh. build houses, some of them haven't. We're dealing with one. And then they have a, a, a an associate nonprofit um, that called REN, and that's providing the support services. But that model for that one is you know they're serving in, in kind of an advisory to the to CalVet to provide the support services. I see. Uh, I see. But this can be done with any organization and group. It doesn't have to be with Habitat, you know, in your mm-hmm. neighborhood area. Um, some of the habitats have done a lot of building, others rehab homes, others haven't built at all. You know, they're all very different. But, I remember um, the, um, the um, five, what was, what was that television show? Five guys, five 
a gay guys and a straight guy or something like that. And I, I know you all know who, who I'm talking about because they were on and they used to re- renovate. I remember a couple of episodes that they renovated for disabled veterans and actually had done it through. I ha- and that's why I was thinking it was a national uh, because this was in New York and it was through a Habitat for Humanity. So, um yeah, there's another group. Remember the show? I, I can't. It's still on where they renovate um, homes for deserving people, and mm-hmm. the, guy, the head guy goes, "Move that bus!" And you see this new home. Yeah. <laughs> What's it? They do. They they renovate them too. I can't. Is that who you're thinking of? Are you thinking of the? Uh, Five no, guys was, and a straight guy. Yeah, there, there was five guys. Yeah, there was five guys and a straight guy, or whatever it was. And they they were, were uh, Carson Cressley's sort of launch. I know who you from, mean, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a delightful show, and I loved the the program. Um, Debbie, we've, we're uh, close to close to the end of the show. Uh, what else is new on Military Connection? Um, I know you've had some things being revamped on your website. Right, we're about ready to launch a new website. Um, um, that has been under constru- you know, uh, development for more than a year, and it's going to be a responsive design, so it'll fit your tablet, it'll fit your um, smartphone, and mm-hmm. it is much easier to navigate. It's been a real challenge taking, you know, Military Connection has thousands of pages with all kinds of information and directories and databases. So being able to organize that, and also it, it looks good. It ha- you know, I'm excited that it has a modern look and feel. And um, I actually got I actually got an offer for the website on the provision that we don't launch it. That if they bought it, they get to launch it, sight unseen. <laughs> wow, that's which is, I thought was pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, we have a very good reputation. We've had offers in the past and that, but I mean, this was kind of interesting in the way that we'd like to buy it, but we don't want you to launch a new website. We want to launch it. <laughs> But I will say it is very well done. You know, we have a wonderful development team, and a lot of resources have been put into it, and um, a modern look and feel. And, you know, it's exciting. You have to refresh everything, and uh, technology changes so quickly. Oh, certainly does. Um, Debbie Gregory, thank you for taking the time to update us on everything. Thank you for all that you do, and it's wonderful to catch up with you, too. And uh, do stay tuned to militaryconnection.com and uh, see this new website as soon as it's unveiled with all the new and improved information. Sandra, next week we have um, a guest. Thank you. Baron Whitehead, he is a school counselor and um, dealing with K through 12 certified school counselor and a college expert. So um, there's lots of questions, I'm sure. You know what? Your son is 11. It's not going to be long before you're going to be looking at colleges. And making those payments. <laughs> <laughs> We're so appreciative to Dr. Sasha Carr, um, Marcella Stretch joining us from Pods, and Debbie Gregory. And Sandra and I hope you'll join us next week right here on Military Mom Talk Radio. <laughs> 